is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian and Paul. Hello. Hey, guys. So, welcome to episode 29, everyone's last favorite birthday, because you can probably still recover in the morning before your body starts falling apart in your 30s. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy it while you can. That's a delightful thought. (laughs) Especially because Adam and I, uh, we just celebrated birthdays not too long ago. Um, We did. Unfortunately, much, much past 29. So I can speak with some experience that it is true. You do fall apart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we are old <laughs> well if you missed last week's episode you should really check it out when the gang and i talked about unreal tournament you can find it that was unreal it was so unreal <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find that in all of our past episodes at dating com, on itunes google music and wherever you may find your podcasts All right, so let's get started. This week, I'm going to be leading a discussion on the Nicktoon Rugrats. Awesome. All right. (laughs) Baba. Perfect. (laughs) I was just going to say, I wish I had the vocal range to make the tone at the beginning of it. And you chimed in before I had a chance. (laughs) I do what I can. True to course, before we uh, start our topic, I'm going to go off on a wicked tangent, and uh, maybe it'll come back around. (laughs) great so i was shocker reading a wrestling biography that featured a story about jake the snake roberts for those of you who don't know paul personally and haven't gathered from our past episodes on uh wwf superstars kane and the ultimate warrior we all have a little bit of an affinity for wrestling um yeah. Paul's has grown into an unhealthy direction, but it's okay. We still love him. <laughs> an unhealthy what? <laughs> Whoa, hey now. <laughs> has it lasted longer than four hours? This is a weird wrestling <laughs> obsession right here. <laughs> Monday Night you... Raw lasts more than four hours. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> anyway, Jake, Jake the Snake, speaking of four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Jake the Snake was the guy that carried a python in a bag if you need help identifying him, which makes this story all the more hilarious. So in the um, setting of the story, uh, Jake has just come back from a hiatus. I believe he was in rehab. This would be right before uh, King of the Ring 96. So made a brief come back before uh, Steve Austin uh, started the Austin 316. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, he's in the locker room for the first time, and he looks around. And he keeps noticing the guys. Uh, they all of them have like some sort of like small package with them, and he watches them walk into the bathroom, and then they come out with nothing in their hands. And when he saw it the first time, he didn't think too much of it, and then he saw someone else do it, and then another person, and then another person, and finally he goes up to Michael Hayes, who is. Um, or orchestrating things behind the scenes and in and out of the locker room. He goes, man, what's going on here? I keep seeing all these guys take stuff into the bathroom and then they come out with nothing. And it's really creeping me out. <laughs> okay. He's like, what the heck is in the package? And Michael Hayes says, look, I, I really can't tell you. It's not, uh, they would be pissed if I told you. And he's like, is it steroids? Like what's, what is this? And he's like, okay, fine. I'll tell you. It is their package. Oh, they have uh, some some enhancements for uh, for some, the ring attire. Some enhancements. 
<laughs> Interesting. So, nice. so Jake is just fuming, and he's like, there's no way that they're going to be out there and be bigger and badder than Jake the Snake Roberts. So he goes through the locker room, and he's digging out old socks and grabbing anything he can. He's like, I'm going to have the biggest, baddest package that is worthy of Jake the Snake. So he goes into the bathroom, <laughs> and he just stuffs and stuffs and stuffs. And then they do their entrance. He comes down to the ring and he is just on point if you know what i mean uh-huh. and everybody is just staring he gets in the ring and i believe it was edge i can't remember it might have been too soon for edge but i can't remember who said it but he turns to the referee and he says ref check his shorts <laughs> and you you see the epic smile on jake the snake's face turn into bitter angriness as the ref comes over and starts to pat him down and he knew <laughs> right away that he was being ribbed they were playing a joke on him and there was nothing he could do except stand in horror as the ref pulled <laughs> sock after sock out of his pants <laughs> in front of the entire arena that's Oh, awesome and mortifying. absolutely horrifying. Yeah. So I was at yeah. a doctor's office reading this story, and I busted out in laughter in the middle of a silent room. <laughs> and I could not control it for a good 60 seconds. <laughs> so I thought I that's, would share that with you. That's way that's too amazing. funny. <laughs> but anyway, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so... Remember that we will pick next week's topic at the end of the episode. It will be Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat. It's gonna be, it's gonna be <laughs> me and the Fab Five versus the Russian Five versus Brian and Waterparks. We will also visit our old friend, the Hopper of Imagination, to get another topic for Paul. So, Paul, tell us about Rugrats. Rugrats, obviously, is an animated children's television series, as we are so famous for on this program, because we all love them. Yes. Yes. Uh, It was created by three men who I'm going to butcher their names horribly, and uh, I'm sorry. Uh, They were Arlene Klasky, Gabor Chupo, and Paul Germain. I think that's pretty close. That sounds right. I think that's pretty close. I hope so. And then uh, Klasky Productions is the name of their studio that they actually produced the episodes under. But those are the three creators of the show. Uh, The show was specifically ordered by Nickelodeon. And the main premise of the show is it focused on a group of babies, uh, most prominently Tommy Pickles. But with Tommy, there's Chucky, the twins, Phil and Lil, and Tommy's cousin, Angelica. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, show was mainly about their day-to-day lives and typically shared life experience, but they would handle everything in an exaggerated way with the power of imagination. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, the show premiered in 1991 on August 11th. Yeah, and I remember it premiered kind of in conjunction with two other Nicktoon classics, uh, Doug um, and Ren and Stimpy. Yep. Uh, as far as Nickelodeon ordering TV shows, this was the second TV pilot they ordered. 
and um, it went. It got ordered straight into uh, syndication, and so the second show after Doug being the first. Gotcha, gotcha. Nice. Um, so initially, it was a syndication TV order. So they from ninety one to ninety three, they produced how many episodes for syndication for cartoons? Uh, a hundred. 65. Okay. <laughs> it was, ton, they did though. the same for Thundercats and some other shows that, that Hanna-Barbera, that used to be like the magic number so that they could replay the show on TV or sell it to multiple networks. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, with the last episode from the original 65 airing on nine, uh, May 22nd, 1994. So if you think of all the episodes of Rugrats we watched in our youth, it was actually the same sixty or it was the same first set essentially season one over and over again, all the way from ninety one to ninety six. Jeez. And then that's kind of when they reintroduced the show with new characters, right? Um, nope. Actually well, yes, because when they came back in ninety six is when they added Dill. And who I, is yep. Tommy's little brother. Now, when did they introduce... What was her name? Was it Susie? Susie. Uh, She was in the original set of episodes, but I didn't write down uh, which number. But it was in in the first 20. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So it wasn't like ratings were dipping, so they added a character like so many other cartoon shows do in order (laughs) to... Speaking of Thundercats. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Gotcha. So during that time period, uh, or from the from ninety four to ninety six, uh, the there were only two additional episodes produced, and I think you guys will remember them. Uh, both of them were Jewish themed episodes. It was a oh, Rugrats yeah. Passover and a Rugrats Hanukkah, and they were meant to be like a series finale, uh, to be the end of the show's production run. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but for me. And this is going to sound kind of silly, but this was my first view of, like, the history of Jewish culture. Like, to this Mm -hmm. day, when I think of Passover, the first thing that comes to my mind is a Rugrats Passover. Because even though, like, we covered those stories in Catholic school, we didn't get it from the Jewish perspective. Right, right. Yeah, because both Paul and I went to the same church growing up. Uh, you know, it was a Catholic church. We did like the catechism or CCD or whatever. And then even before that, you actually did go to a Catholic school. I too. went to a Catholic school until third grade. Yeah, it's really interesting because I guess in West Michigan, there just isn't that many Jewish people. In Eastern Michigan, like when you get closer to Detroit and Ann Arbor, there's there's definitely a lot, lot more. So that's much more prevalent in your everyday life. But I would agree with Paul that I don't think I knew anybody that was Jewish until I went to college basically um so the rugrats was kind of a a mainstay um in terms of just like a glimpse in into that um, yeah and i i just the main reason that i bring it up is because i think it's a really cool idea or i think it was a really cool idea because i can definitely say for me it gave me a perspective on a different culture it was presented in an appropriate non-joking manner and mm-hmm. it wasn't so far above kids heads or scary that you know because when you think about it i mean a lot of these stories are very graphic and you know 
it, it can be difficult for a child to swallow and they do a really good job of presenting it in a way to give it gravity so that kids will understand, but not making it, you know, above PG. Right. 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 And I think another big part of that too, is that for people of Jewish faith, um, at that time, there really wasn't a ton of holiday specials that really spoke to their experience either. So while it was Agreed. really enlightening for those of us from a, a more uh, conservative Catholic or Protestant area, um, there are places in the, in the United States that are much more Jewish prevalent that just weren't being represented in, in kids' TV shows. And, and this was kind of one of the first that really did make a big step in that direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give a kudos to Nickelodeon, one, for allowing it to be produced, and then two, for airing it year after year around the holiday season, because I think that's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. And last I checked, it is still aired sometime around the holiday season every year still. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They, air, they do them both back-to-back now, like a little TV special, but yeah, it still comes back around, so. Very cool. That's awesome. That's that's cool that they do that, like you guys mentioned. Yeah. So right after those episodes aired, um, they got a lot of uh, notoriety and buzz, and then all of a sudden they started to get a huge boost in ratings and popularity. So because of this, in 1996, Nickelodeon reached back out to uh, Klasky Productions, and they started to produce new episodes. And the shows, there wasn't actually a new episode on air before 1997. Okay. And there was uh, a that's movie all... too, wasn't there? Yes. Okay. That was yep. at the same time uh the movie so the first episodes were in 97 and the that season was all precursor to the movie which the movie was about the birth of Dill Pickles who's Tommy's little brother and that came oh, out in 1998. Right. Gotcha. I definitely So that the So the movie is what introduced Dill. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay, I remember it being a big deal, but I couldn't remember if it was in the movie. You might even say it was a, a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but do you guys remember the there was a, the soundtrack to that movie? Um, yes, there was a very famous song. I want to say it's by <laughs> featuring Blackstreet. Is that is that mm-hmm. accurate? I think it's, so, it's called yeah. "Take Me There." Is that the name of the song? Yes, and it's mm-hmm. got sampled because the we haven't talked about this yet. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail in a moment. But the theme song to Rugrats is is very memorable and iconic because it's basically mm-hmm. someone taking like mallets on one of those practice xylophones that you would get in like middle school band and just playing up and down like basically in a scale. Uh, and it's it sounds almost like a music box. Like it sounds like it's music coming from a nursery, like played on a, on children's instruments. Um, and they sampled that and put that into that song. So in the background, you hear like the ding, 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 ding. And it's like in the background of this like R&B song. And if I remember correctly, in the music video, they had Tommy and Chucky riding on Reptar and all sorts of crazy crap. Um. <laughs> Reptar. Always my favorite Godzilla knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really interesting. So they they basically reintroduced the show to yep. kind of promote this big upcoming movie uh, to in, to introduce a new character. And I think that's really cool too, because for those of us who, especially Paul and I, were both uh, oldest siblings, so at some point we were like Tommy being the only person in the house, like being the only kid in the house. And then 
introducing that new that new sibling. I think that's a something that a lot of kids can uh, relate to. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of the content of that season because they actually announced that Dottie was pregnant in the show, and all of it was lead up to the baby. And Tommy was, you know, they they were going on adventures that were involving his new brother that would be coming soon. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, again, that's kudos to them for you know addressing the topic. And it's mm-hmm. the show. The show always, to me, had something in it for adults, kids, and it was very well-rounded. But that didn't mean they didn't shy away from innuendo, which we'll get to in a few moments. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, even even they... they uh, and this is something I, I kind of want to talk about a little later. Uh, because even if, like, it, it relates to something that was floating around the internet a while back. And even if it's not necessarily true... What they kind of point to points out some even like kind of really dark things that were in the show, whether they were intended the way the, that this thing came about or not is up for debate. I think but I think really you're being too you cryptic. Of, I think we should just talk about it now. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm yeah. sitting on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't uh, like I feel like we should talk about this more a little later, but it's the conspiracy theory about the the rugrats oh about yeah yeah, yeah. The, the kids and stuff like that uh th- that's something i feel like would make a little bit more sense to talk about at the kind of near the end of the episode so we'll Good save point. that okay so uh there have been a total of three rugrats movies uh there was rugrats in paris uh rugrats go wild and then they did do a crossover tv special with uh the wild thornberries but that movie is actually credited to the thornberries Oh, okay. Uh, which I believe is the same production company. I believe it's Klasky Productions. That makes uh, the sense. The series ran... Yeah, the animation the, style is really similar. That makes sense. Very similar. Yeah. Uh, the series ran for a total of 172 episodes during a 13-year run overall, making it tied with King of the Hill... American Dad and Squidbillies as one of the as longest running animated television series. I'm surprised Squidbillies nice. is in that. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know that I so, watched one year of Squidbillies, let alone thirteen. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, so is this uh, including the like the second series of Rugrats, the All Grown Up, or was this just? This is just Rugrats Rugrats classic. After that point, when you get into, uh, there were two spinoffs. There was All Growed Up, where they were in like elementary, middle school. Yeah, I think it took place like 10 years after. So they all would have been about 10, 11 years old. And then wasn't there one where they go to college in Hawaii and uh, Slater Uh, gets muscles? Wait, no. That was Saved by the Bell. (laughs) 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 <laughs> there actually was one where they were older yet, but I forget what it was called. But it, it was not Rugrats, you know, go college. Right, um, right. <laughs> uh, overall, they gained 20 awards, uh, four daytime Emmys, six Kids' Choice Awards, which at this point, everybody has a Kids' Choice Award, so I don't think it really means dick anymore. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and the Rugrats have their own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really? So how does a fictional character get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame before Adam West? That's a great question. (laughs) And for the record, I actually contributed a fair amount of money to the Kickstarter for Adam West. Because did you know when you get a star on the Walk of Fame, you have to pay for your own star? I 
think I had heard that before, but I didn't remember it. So not only do you have to be nominated and accepted by the board in order to receive a star, but then if you get the honor of being accepted, they make you pay for it. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, better hope you haven't blown all your money. (laughs) That'd be like somebody winning a Oscar for Best Actor and being like, hey, before you get the statue, cough up 10 grand. (laughs) That's, yeah. Pretty much what it is. Um, So in TV Guide's list of top 50 greatest cartoon characters of all time, Angela Pickles is number seven. Really? Yes. Angelica is? Really? Yeah. Really? Really? She is listed as number seven on the best cartoon characters of all time i, I yes. think we should take a few moments to discuss these characters a little bit and and <laughs> yeah, kind of give yeah. some uh some you know background to those so tommy pickles as paul mentioned is the main protagonist and he's i don't know kind of the self-proclaimed leader of this group of four babies um and yeah i mean pretty much everything occurs at his parents house because his I think his his mom is Dee Dee, right? And yep. she's like yep. a stay at home mom, basically. And then his dad is basically a stay at home dad because he's like a toy inventor. He's got like a a yes. workshop in the basement where he just creates crazy ideas. Um, so because of that, almost all the adventures happen at their house because there's free daycare available there. So. Um, <laughs> Chucky is the crazy redhead kid. I think he's probably about a year older than the rest of the babies. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And he, he's definitely the middle ground between Angelica, the cousin, is the oldest, and then Chucky, and then probably the rest are around a year. Yeah, because I know Tommy yeah. turns a year in the course of the show. Right, right. And yeah, and then Phil and Lil, I'm not sure, but I'd say they're pretty close to Tommy. I say they're pretty close to age with one another too being that they're twins. Twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's boy and girl twins. Um, their parents are crazy. The mom is is like the most stereotypical 90s jazzercise mom you can imagine. And the dad is... <laughs> and super into sports. Yep. And the dad is kind yeah. of... Uh, goes along with stuff. I'm trying to remember what their names are. I think his name is Howard. I can't remember what, what her name is. Um, I can't remember. It's going to hit me in the middle of the night and I'm going to call you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I always like I never knew what happened with Chucky's family because it was always Chucky and his dad. Did did his mom die or were they separated or I I think I think they allude to her dying at some point, right? Yes, they're uh, the Mother's Day episode, which was one of the episodes they won an award for. Um, the whole idea was everybody was making stuff for their moms, and Chucky doesn't have a mom, so they go on a one of their you know imagination adventures to try and find Chucky's mom. Yeah, and in uh, uh, some of the later stuff that comes after this series, they have some flashbacks. Uh, they allude to that she died of cancer or something shortly after he was born. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he makes comment that he can just barely remember her. Yeah, I remember something along those lines from that. But for um, for what was a very hard hitting episode, um, yeah, the he uh, Chucky's dad is definitely alone. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like I mentioned, Tommy, his parents, stay at home mom. 
kind of an off the wall inventor dad, but his it's his brother, right? Is Angelica's dad, so Tommy's uncle. Yes. And yeah. he's like the opposite. He's like a businessman. He's traveling all over the world. He's got the car phone, all of that stuff. And then uh, Angelica's mom is similarly very, you know, ladder driven, corporate America driven. Pants suit. Yeah. Yep. You can't Padded forget shoulders. the 90s power suit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so Angelica, uh, not to make any type of generalization, but, you know, this uh, absentness of her parents and the amount of money they have has made her into kind of a brat, um, mm-hmm. which is why I'm shocked she was in the top 10 for like the best animated characters of all time because she's really unlikable in the show because she's just a just a snot um i think the coolest thing about her though um is she can talk to the adults and the babies she's kind of a medium between the two because the babies can only talk to one another and to grown-ups it just sounds like gibberish where Mm -hmm. angelica can hear what they're saying but also is she's like three or four so she can also talk to the to the adults um and she has her best friend in the world is a barbie knockoff named uh cynthia uh, yeah <laughs> every time i hear the name cynthia now i, I think <laughs> back to that little doll with the weird pigtails or the side <laughs> ponytails or whatever and the cell phone the 90s yep. cell phone that was always glued in its hand yep <laughs> oh yeah yep so those are all the main child characters and for the most part most of the parents too um do you guys we're forgetting characters? about grandpa i was gonna say do you guys have any other characters that you remembered so grandpa's a big a big hit i'm trying to think of who he reminds me of because he's got an awesome mustache and cool glasses <sighs> there's someone he reminds me of it's almost like mark twain basically like, he kind of <laughs> looks like mark twain a bit um I see to me he reminds me of like everybody's like grandpa Lou or fun uncle. He's got that easygoing personality. Yeah. You know, yeah. falls asleep in the recliner instantly, always trying to uh do something fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yep. he has a lot of great one liners in the show. <laughs> um <laughs> so this is you know as we've mentioned a few times, they did a really good job hitting uh, hard-hitting subjects and doing it in a fun, child-friendly, but they also went out of their way to keep the parents entertained, too. And some of my favorite innuendo jokes from the show involve Grandpa. Uh, (laughs) There is an episode where he's babysitting, and they come home from the video store, and he's reading off the uh, list of tapes. And he goes, okay, we got Reptar Come Home, Reptar Redux, and my personal favorite, Lonely Space Vixens. That's for (laughs) after you guys go to bed. (laughs) And, you know, at the time that this started, you know, when they started airing new episodes again, I was probably too old to admit that I was watching it. And I got that joke right away. (laughs) One of my favorite uh, grandpa-driven uh, plots was I don't remember if it was a camping episode or if they had a bonfire in the backyard, but there was it was a ghost story that he was telling about Sasquatch, right? <laughs> and uh, you know he's talking about the big scary monster lurks in the woods named Sasquatch, 
and all the babies and Angelica remembered it as Satchmo, like like Louis Armstrong's <laughs> nickname. So, so after the parents came home or whatever, Angelica's freaking out and tells them, like, oh my God, we're so scared of Satchmo. It's like, the trumpet player? <laughs> so there was another uh, grandpa line that we talked about uh, Tommy's dad being an inventor. And one of my favorite episodes, he invents this clown doll that's a, it's a robotic doll named Bapo. Oh, yeah. I remember um, Bapo. And uh, the, one of my favorite things was grandpa was talking to him and he's and uh, Chucky becomes completely obsessed with Bapo and he goes and he hides in his room and he just plays with the clown doll and he stops interacting with the kids and they debate on taking it away because it's just too distracting. And it, grandpa goes, a kid his age should be playing outside with his friends, not sitting alone in his room, bopping his Bapo. <laughs> <laughs> and that was another joke that I was like, did they just say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I mean, really, back in the day, they got away with a lot of that kind of stuff in kids' shows. Like, one, one thing that, like, completely blew my mind is, I was reading something online before, and it was like, do you remember what uh, Rocco's, uh, from Rocco's Modern Life, do you remember what his job was? He was a phone sex operator. He was! What are they doing in these kids shows? He was operating. He was a phone sex line operator. What? Well, do you remember the episode that Heifer died and he went to heck? I do. And Peaches was down there. (laughs) The best part is it had hell written, but then the LL was crossed Crossed out out. and it had CK written above it. (laughs) Such a great show. To take a quick aside... Um, in the old Dilbert comics, um, there used to be a character named Phil, who basically looks like the pointy-haired boss, but is dressed up as the devil. Um, and he's from Heck as well, and it's for like minor sins. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's not full-blown <laughs> hell. It's just like you know, <laughs> one step below purgatory, though. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting um, kind of ancillary characters as well. Um, like, for example, I, I always thought Dr. Schachter was such a funny name. Um, oh, yeah. The, the pediatrician. Uh, and we've, we've already alluded to this character um, a couple times. But Reptar was essentially a Godzilla knockoff. And the kids, which just like I was, absolutely obsessed with giant monster movies. So it was awesome to have Reptar in there. One of my favorite episodes of the Rugrats was an episode where Tommy and Chucky and their dads go to this gigantic toy store. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't remember why, what what happened, but the two dads were kind of fighting about, like, where they were going to put the toys or something like that. And they didn't realize that Tommy and Chucky were still in the toy store. And then the store closed, and they were locked in there after dark. And like they got to play with all these crazy toys, but they ended up bumping two like giant, like five foot tall. One was a Reptar, uh, like robot, and the other one was like a big King Kong knockoff robot. I think it was Thorg Hungry, Thorg Want Eat, if I remember the line correctly. Um, and the two of them were like battling, and like you know they were robots chasing them around the store. 
when I was a kid, that was like the dream, like Night in the Museum, <laughs> but at Toys R Us would have been amazing. Yeah, that that's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, that was a really good episode. I do remember that being pretty awesome. Like the like you said, just the that like childhood fantasy of like <laughs> ending up in the in the toy store overnight, having run of the whole place. Yep, yep. And I just love the colossal battle that like these two robot toys had with each other. And there was like a whole miniature town that they were destroying, and it was so cool. <laughs> of course, you can't have a monster fight without destroying a town. <laughs> do you have any favorite episodes, Adam, before I uh, give mine? Uh, I do, yeah. Um, one particular episode I always thought was really interesting. It was one of the episodes from season two kind of in the middle or tail end of the season, it was a visit from Lipschitz and what the, <laughs> what the big people do. Uh, so, first of all, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe this was the introduction of Dr. Lipschitz, who was a famous psych- child psychologist. So it was supposed to be kind of like a, you a know, Dr. like a Spock. Dr. Spock uh, yeah. kind of person. It, you know, he was the like the child psychologist that you wanted to like learn from and stuff and he gets invited over to the pickles residence and so it you know it's about him going over to their house and stuff like that but um if i remember correctly it was something about how the the men weren't there it was like Stu and grandpa and uh maybe chucky's dad or something like that had gone to a baseball game or something like that and Didi went to get them and he ends up becoming like a freeloader in their house, uh, which which just always cracked me up. Uh, so that like there was that half of it, and then the other half was what big people do, which is the episode where what uh, Tommy and Chucky imagine what life would be like as an adult, and that always just cracked me up because they had the exact same head oh, yeah. <laughs> as their child's uh, bodies, but they just had fully grown bodies and I, like it, it's just funny because like it is an interesting take on like you know what what do kids think uh people look like and what they do and so like they show him driving and he's like you know like in the tv shows he's turning the wheel erratically so the car is going back and forth and like going up on two wheels and stuff like that and it's just it was a good doesn't he uh, look pour at, like a whole bowl of like milk and cereal into his briefcase or something like yep, that on his way to yeah, work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. So it's just—it was a, always a great episode to me, just because it was so absurd. <laughs> like the the like they had kind of an idea for what adult life was like. Like they obviously understood important aspects of it, but it was like they couldn't just quite grasp what adult life was really like. And so they had these childlike things added into it. Always was really interesting to me. What about you, Paul? So so my favorite episode is uh, called little dude. And it was from very early on. And Dee Dee takes Tommy to the high school where she's teaching a home ec class. And this is like the only time they ever allude to her having any sort of job outside the home. And I don't ever remember them going back to this. So I don't know if she was just subbing or what. But anyway, she takes Tommy to this class as a visual aid. She's going to like teach the kids how to change diapers and things of that nature. 
um, after the class, some of her students ask if they can babysit Tommy on their lunch period for a little while. And she goes, yeah, sure. And she just hands this, you know, nine-month-old baby to a bunch <laughs> of teenagers. And as they go do. off. As you do. <laughs> Although when my kids are nine months, if anybody asked to take them away for an hour, I think I might have done it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, uh, of course, uh, Tommy escapes and then starts to roam free around campus. And this high school, in his vision, looks very much like a college campus. There's, like, you know, people sitting outside on the grass playing guitar. And um, he just wanders off and goes on an adventure. And then he is about to walk into the street. And they, you know, are giving you the impression that he might be struck by a car. When all of a sudden, this uh, greaser-looking motorcycle dude pulls up on a motorcycle, gets off and picks him up. And all these girls are like, you know, fainting over him. And he just picks up the baby and he smiles at him and zips him into his leather jacket. And this guy is like very much like a Fonzie style character. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's got, he takes a comb and he, uh, greases his hair back. And then, uh, he walks into the classroom and hands Tommy back to Dee Dee. And then as he's about to, he picks him up and, uh, you know, all the kids are like, oh, what's that smell? And he's like, it's okay, I got it. And he executes, like, the perfect, like, three-point diaper change. And then at the end does a comb flip and uh, slicks Tommy's, like, one hair back. <laughs> and then hands him back to Dee Dee. And he's like, it's okay, I got a little brother. And then all the girls are, like, just enamored with him. And as he's walking away, he gives his comb to Tommy. Tommy and Tommy takes the comb and he slicks his hair back and then slides the comb into his diaper. Yep. So that'll be and nice and clean for later. <laughs> and that's the story of how Tommy got lice. And pink eye. <laughs> oh god. Now Scott Bayo gave him pink eye. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> but I just thought it was kind of cool. It was a nice little like Fonzie tribute like slash knockoff. And during the time that this was airing was when Nick at Night was rerunning Happy Days. Oh like, yeah, definitely. You know, like twenty four hours a day it seemed like. <laughs> Yeah. When they weren't showing it, TBS was, so <laughs> it was rocking around the clock for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and now that you bring that episode up, I do remember loving that episode when I was younger, and I completely forgot about it until you started describing it, and then I was like, oh, I do remember that episode. I'm sure just... there's a lot of plot points I'm missing, but that's yeah. vaguely what I remember of it. There are just so many good ones. Like, I remember there was one where Tommy was watching this like giant monster movie and there was a huge ant that was attacking a city and then he heard that his aunt was coming to visit and he <laughs> thought yep. that his aunt was going to be like a giant insect instead of like you know his like parents sister um it, I don't, that was really funny there was another one i just had and i lost it but the moose the moose there was one where Grandpa tells them a story about going camping. And oh, about yes! the biggest moose <laughs> that he had ever seen. And they venture out into the jungle, a.k.a. the backyard, to find the moose. And then they finally find it. And then Stu comes and brings the children inside. And then the silhouette, you see the giant moose and all the kids wave at it through the window. And then Stu walks out with the hose and starts spraying it down. And it's the dog covered in mud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yep. Spike. He was so there, cool. There's another one I just came across as I was looking up like the overviews of all the episodes from season one. The sixth episode of the show 
Tommy is mistaken for the son of a millionaire. I'm not going to give. I that was away literally just, just going to say that. Um, yeah. So he's, he's. They have like a really ugly old cat, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But um, he's he's mistaken for the son of a millionaire, and so he's kidnapped to like be held for ransom. But the you know they soon figure out. Uh, that Tommy, you know, can get into all sorts of trouble and stuff like that. But the crazy part is the millionaire that they thought he was the son of was Ronald Thump. (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird play on words. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I thought that was kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah, because wasn't that... uh... Maybe this is a different episode, but there was one where Tommy is staying with these really elderly people, and um, they keep calling him Bosquick or something like that, or Boss. The other episode I was thinking of is when um, they go through their nakey phase. <laughs> oh, yeah. And everyone yep. just takes their diapers off all the time and just wander around, and <laughs> I, I the monologue that Tommy gives is something to the effect of, uh, Nakey is free, Nakey is great, Nakey is Nakey. And, <laughs> and he's just standing there with his bare butt cheeks right out there in the playpen. Um, I thought that was so funny as like an eight-year-old kid. Like there was nothing nothing funnier than that. So. Ugh, love it. Well, you, that- yeah, so did you guys have any other uh, last thoughts about Rugrats, any other favorite episodes or favorite characters we didn't talk about? Or, Well, we uh, teased the horrible, horrible fan theory and said we'd get back to it. So I think yep. we need to cover that before oh, we... Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam, why don't you uh, tell we us a little bit more about that? Note. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to make this dark for a second and then we'll <laughs> we'll lighten it up again. Hopefully so, no darker than the uh, Jake the Snake story with, uh, with his socks being confiscated. Check his shorts. <laughs> I don't know. This is dark and a whole nother level so so the show obviously is about this group of kids who all for the run of the show are approximately the same age obviously tommy ages a little bit as paul mentioned uh earlier in the episode that uh, at one point uh tommy be- turns one during the course of the show but other than that it seems kind of like the simpsons and all those cartoon shows that they just kind of always stay the same age. Well, the person who came up with this super dark theory basically said that the show was being uh, told from the perspective of Angelica because she was lonely and that the only baby that seems to be real is Dill because he's the only one that she can't make disappear when she becomes frustrated with them. Like, you know, the other kids, when she'd get frustrated, she'd, like, close her eyes really tight, and then she would pretend that they were gone. But he was the only one that never did that. Um, And he was also the only baby who didn't talk out of all of them. You know, obviously, Angelica could talk, as well as Tommy, Chucky, Phil, Lil, all that. So the theory, and I apologize in advance because this gets super dark, (laughs) is that all of the children died prior to the show. Uh, So, for instance, the theory says that Chucky died in a car accident and that 
that could have been the cause of the death of his mother as well. Why his mother wasn't around. Even and why though he was sh- so afraid of everything. And Yep. 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 He was a yep. fraidy cat, not a big brave dog. I definitely remember right. that. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and then the other, like the next one was that, like, Stu Pickles uh, always worked out in the basement. And the uh, theory is that Tommy died and that was like where he went to deal with his grief was to make toys kind of kind of to a point makes sense because if you remember like Stu was always like kind of depressed when he was down in the basement uh or kind of alone they would show him and he'd uh look really disheveled and uh look like real distraught and stuff yeah, like that yeah. like like you know a lot of people probably took it as he was just probably uh like you know, bored with his job or uh, kind of frustrated with his life or whatever, but it kind of helps to explain that. And then the Phil and Lil was that the mom was pregnant, but not with twins, that she was pregnant with a baby, but the baby didn't make it, but they don't know. They never found out whether it was a boy or girl. And so the baby exists as both a boy and girl. Because, they, like, Angelica never knew what it was going to be. And so that was her way of coming up, like, having friends to play with, was having these babies that they, you know, she uh, Man, could play with. Or that whatever. is dark. Right? Yeah. yeah, like, it get, it really was, the first time I read that, like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, oh, like, it kind of makes sense, but it's so dark and twisted that you really hope it's not true. Yeah. The internet can ruin everything. For every kid's TV show, there is a horrible, dark fan theory. Yeah, they they have a way of just taking the internet. Well, obviously, the internet likes to go to some really dark places anyway, so go figure that they would take a kid's show and be like, oh, hey, by the way, here's what might have actually happened. Jeez. So, Paul, yeah. you me- you mentioned a lighter note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's take this back. I just wanted to bring that up, though, because I thought it was interesting and related to our topic. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. you can kind of decide for yourself whether you think that story is true or not, or the theory is true. Sure. The lighter note I was referencing was my trivia question. I don't know how to oh. back from that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, um... <laughs> I don't know. I, I always really enjoyed the show a lot. There's just so many classic episodes. Like I, I think I may have had a borderline issue with how much I watched this show. Um, <laughs> it was uh, definitely one of like my brother and I, one of our favorite shows that was on. And I think that, you know, the pairing of Tommy and Chucky, I always thought was like a really excellent pairing because even though like Chucky was the older kid, like Paul mentioned, he was always kind of kind of skittish and, and afraid of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and having Tommy there as kind of like his buddy always made him a little bit more brave and a little bit more willing to try stuff. And, you know, I always thought that was pretty cool. Well, it was just, uh, I mean, besides that super dark theory, it always was a pretty lighthearted show. Like, they didn't really touch on a terrible amount of, like, heavy things. Like, you know, other shows, like, the Simpsons and stuff like that. They they would go to like a little bit more heavy storylines occasionally, like Maud Flanders dying or yeah. what have you. But uh, it it didn't feel like they went to that too often in the Rugrats. They tried to keep it for the most part pretty lighthearted. 
and except, even for though that, you had... except for that one episode where Tommy swallows the watermelon seed. That <laughs> yeah. Was... <laughs> and they, uh, he was so terrified it was actually going to grow inside of him. And then that ended up becoming a fear of my own. So oh, <laughs> thanks, Nickelodeon. <laughs> yeah, that like became a legitimate fear of mine for a very long time after that. Uh, well played. That's why I eat seedless watermelons. <laughs> I thought you were just a big Gavin DeGraw fan. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing from the ground is good enough, right, Adam? <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I guess that wraps up our discussion on the Rugrats. So uh, now we're going to move on to some Nostalgia Combat! Nostalgia Combat! I have devised a trivia question for my co-host to answer. Whoever is closest will lead us in our chat next week. Brian has the shared life experience of water parks. That's a real splash. And Adam has the Fab Five versus the Russian Five, which I still don't know what that is, so I'm actually anxiously awaiting this. I, I think it has something to do with Michael Jackson and his brothers. I was hoping. <laughs> Can I wear a white glove? <laughs> yes. Just one. Just one. That's all you need. All right. For my question. So I mentioned earlier that on the TV Guide Top 50 Cartoon Characters of All Time, Angela Pickles is number seven. Many other characters from our childhood also made this list, including the famous Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah. What rank... Do Beavis and Butthead have? Uh, you said this is in the top 50? fifty. Yes. Okay. Feel free so, to guess seventy-five, but so, I won't so explain. 80, Eighty-nine would probably not be a good guess. <laughs> probably not, but hey, it's your answer. That's right. <laughs> if I guess number one, yours is probably going to be closer. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say thirty-three. Okay. Dang, I was actually going to go pretty close to that. You know what? I'll change up my answer. I don't want to be that guy that, like, answers, you know, one different. So I'll go with, I think that they are 21. Well, uh, (laughs) Adam wins, but only because he was closer. Beavis and Butthead is number four. Really? Really? 21 is Gerald McBoing Boing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, 33 is Tweety and Sylvester. Really? Beavis and Bud is higher than Sylvester and Tweety. That's unbelievable. This this list is all sorts of messed up. So Bugs Bunny is number one, which I I can't argue with that. That, That's that's Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Homer Simpson is number two. Yep. Rocky and Bullwinkle are number three. Hmm. Beavis and Butthead are number four. And the Grinch rounds out the top five. No Mickey Mouse. That's incredible. Mickey Mouse is number 19. Really? crazy. Cartman from South Park is 10. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Pikachu is 15. I have a lot of issues with this list. (laughs) Oh, I have all sorts of issues with this list. But it does cover all of my favorites, which I wouldn't expect an actual list of true relevant cartoon characters to cover such favorites as George of the Jungle. 
That's true. Or, That's uh, true. You know, Space Ghost. Who who did this list? It was TV Guide. TV Guide, and it was in two thousand two. Uh, Rolling Stone did a top one hundred, I think, heavy metal singers of all time, and that list included uh, Rod Stewart, Phil Collins. <laughs> Uh, I think Frank Zappa was on that list, which is like maybe, what? maybe a little bit, but like Rod Stewart, really? I mean, he's he's fantastic, but he's definitely not heavy metal. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, there you have it, folks. It sounds like Adam is going to be leading us with a discussion on both the Fab Five and the Russian Five. Uh, I should so- probably figure out who those people are. <laughs> Please, you guys, <laughs> you guys are playing too hard. Otherwise, um, we're going to talk about moose and squirrels. <laughs> if I was going to make a Russian five, five, it would be Boris and Natasha. Let's see. I need three um, more Russians. Oh, what about... Uh, the coach from the Mighty Ducks. The bad coach. Yeah. Uh, who, who was the... What was the... Draco uh, from Rocky. What was... Yeah, Ivan Drago. <laughs> what was the uh, guy's name, though? Uh, I... Um, Smirnov, uh, Yakov Smirnov, <laughs> in Soviet Russia, can't drive you. <laughs> or was it on Spy Hard with a pap smear? Or was that a... Uh... Oh, um, was that Naked was Gun? Naked Gun. Naked Gun. That was... Different Leslie yeah, Nielsen movie. Yeah, that was yep, the second right. one, I think. Yep, you're right. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, Adam's going to be leading the discussion next time on the Fab Five, and for some reason, our hook on Russian Five... I still have the topic of water parks, and now we're going to visit the Hopper of Imagination to find a new topic for Paul. While uh, Adam gets the Hopper ready, we want to remind all our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, you can submit those via our website at datingourselvespodcast.com. Let's go ahead and jump into the hopper of imagination. I have three topics for Paul in which he can choose from. Uh, I have three categories. I will give Paul the categories. He will choose the category, and then I will give him the uh, topic for that particular category. You're not going to give him the finger. Okay, never mind. No, no. I'm gonna <laughs> I thought he was going to give me all three topics, and I was going to get to pick one. And I was going to be like, hey, not how this works, but I'll take it. <laughs> Alright, so we have three categories which you can choose from. Your choices today, Paul, are movie, shared life experience, or music artist. Hmm. I feel like it's been a while since we've done a movie. Am I incorrect in that? Let me I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I know we've done a lot of movies, but I feel like it's been, like, a while. The last movie that we did, let me double check. Wow, it has been a while. Um, it looks like it may have been Armageddon was the last movie we did. Oh, really? Nice. That's been a minute. Nice. I'm going to go with movie since we already have a uh, shared life experience on the docket and I am terrible with music. All right. Sounds good. Your topic, should you choose to accept it? Oh, you're stuck point- with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is Dumbo, the Disney film Dumbo. Dumbo, all right. I'm all yeah. f- I'm all for Dumbo because we can have a – we could probably talk longer about Dumbo than the actual length of the movie. <laughs> but <laughs> isn't that outside of our 
years? <laughs> um, probably, although I think it probably came up because it was re-released in the 90s. Uh, when okay, that's Di- fair. When Disney was going through and re-releasing all of the movies in their back vault. We may need a, uh, we may need a bleep button for that episode. <laughs> There's a lot of what the moments. Yes, that's yes. true. That's very true. Yeah, and uh, especially as uh, history people like me and Brian are, there's some interesting insights into American history. Uh, a little it? bit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. a little bit, just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> well, make sure to join us next time, guys, on Dating Ourselves podcast when Adam will be talking about both the Fab Five and the Russian Five, and then on future episodes, Paul will be discussing Dumbo, and I will be discussing the joyful experience of visiting water parks. Uh, thanks again <laughs> for joining us on Dating Ourselves. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. You can check us out at www.datingourselvespodcast.com to learn more about us in the show. And you can check out our Contact Us tab if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics. You can also send us submissions at datingourselvespodcast at aol.com. We've you got know, mail. I've yeah, never looked to see what Dating Ourselves dot com takes you to i'm kind of afraid i probably should have checked that before we came up with the name (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) in addition to itunes you can also find us on TuneIn radio google music and wherever podcasts are downloaded i have checked there and we are the only dating ourselves all right all right great um so we post additional content on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Dating Ourselves Podcast. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at Dating Ourselves Podcast. And we do the Twitter thing, too, at Dated Podcast. Definitely check those sites out, guys. Uh, we might post something about like these crazy uh, fan theories that have next to normal like qualities for the Rugrats, for any Broadway fans out there. Um, also wanted to uh, quick let everyone know that you know, for our show, in order to stay on top of mind for everyone, uh, especially within the algorithms of iTunes and TuneIn Radio and all those things, five-star reviews are really, really encouraged. So please, 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 please find the time to write us a review. We'd love to share that with the world uh, on our future episodes. Um, so, yeah. Well, with that, remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dating. Later, guys. Ciao. See ya.